Okay, guys. Um, Katie Williams. Um, I'm going to get us started off this morning by talking about the um, in-home presentation, uh, the different things that I I use in in the home, um, how how to do a, a quote or how I do my quotes, and then um, some tools used in the home. Um, go over a few different things that um, are helpful for go buys. And then also some leave behind materials that are um, have been vital as far as being able to pick up um, for some referrals and stuff like that, um, or the ERS as we call it. Um, so as far as for the in-home presentation, um, one of the main things that that everybody focuses on is is trying to find their why and. Um, you need to make sure that when you're doing this, you dig deep uh, more than just the surface. Oh, I wanted to pay off the loan or I'm concerned um, if I become disabled that I won't be able to pay my, my monthly mortgage payments, things like that. Um, if, you, if you look really deep and, and you dig deep to get this, it's going to be a lot easier for you to, to help you make the sale and it'll make them realize the value of the insurance as well. Um, th that's one of the main main things that you're going to run into. Um, if you're if you're finding yourself struggling in the home, um, it would probably be a good idea to um, take a lot of the courses. But the best one would be you know course 123 on the NAC, uh, NAA University, which is uh, in home presentation, um, and then. There was a video done a while back called uh, the Overcoming Objections. I was not able to find it, but um, it'll be it'll be back on one of the one of the calls, I'm sure. Um, as you're going through the ATM and discovering the why, you'll eventually come to the point where you're doing um, you're you're going to be going with uh, the quotes. You're going to be looking at the quotes and um, I always use the your quoting page. Um, it's got three boxes and you can put the people's names on it with the pricing and everything like that. Um, it's it's. I used to do it where it was on the back of the lead sheet and then they would give me the um, objection that they want to think about it. And I would end up leaving the lead sheet with them. So um, I, I decided to, to separate that out and make sure that now I keep the lead sheet and then they have something that's pretty self-explanatory um, with, with doing the quotes. Um, that being said, you need to make sure that you make it as plain and as um, simple as possible for them. Don't write a whole bunch of the terms on there like waiver of premium and all those types of things because you can go over it with them, but they're real, they may or may not remember, you know, two or three days later, exactly what that meant. So um, make sure that you explain it as much in detail as possible to them, and that'll be, um, that'll be pretty helpful. Um, but when you are quoting, um, quoting them, you would have already obviously gotten the medical history for the clients and knowing exactly what type of conditions they have. Um, when you're quoting for them, um, I had a client last night, um, uh, he was 58, she was 52, and 
Um, she was in really, really good health, not any medical issues. The mortgage was 180000 And he told me that six years ago he had had a um, uh, triple bypass. And so um, that being said, I knew at the time that he wasn't going to be able to get 180000 um, worth of coverage, at least the way that we traditionally would do it. Um, and also being 58. So what I normally do is I use general terms um, to make sure that they understand, yes, maybe your goal is to cover the full 180,000, but medically you're not gonna be able to get that. So what I say is most of my clients in their 50s and 60s don't get full mortgage payoff. They either do the 50-50 plan, and what the 50-50 plan is is maybe it's, in their case, it would be like 90,000 for natural causes and 90,000 for accidental. That's a little bit more affordable or budget friendly is the term I use. Um, or you talk to them about mortgage payment protection. And that's gonna come um, with experience and being able to, um, to know, you know, reach out on Slack, reach out to your upline, things like that, as far as which, which plan is going to be the best for them. Um, but just like I said, you use the quoting tool page, you give them two or three options, depending on um, if you feel that they're going to be a little bit extra confused if you give too many options and, you know, give them that, those options. Um, after you give the three options, um, lay them out, make sure that you um, are, they are organized to where, you know, the client's going to be able to understand it if you do end up having to leave it with them. Um, you go over the options, you explain them um, to, the, to the client, and then you be quiet. Um, if they have additional questions, um, answer whatever ones they have to help them make the decision. But the, the best thing to do is that the first person that talks after you leave the quotes on the table, loses. If you're trying to make it sound like you're a salesperson, you're gonna have a lot more issues in the home. But that's one thing is that you need to make sure that after you explain it to them, you give them time to have them process it because there's that awkward silence of, well, they need to speak first. And that's normally what, what ends up happening. Um, if the, if the prices that you're giving are still too much um, or they give the objection, you know, we just moved in, we don't know what our budget is, um, what I end up doing is I offer the quote-unquote starter plan, um, which is basically an accidental policy. And then tell them that you're required to follow up at least once a year with them and you can revisit at that time when they're going to know what their budget is. And that's that your your main your main job when you're in the home is to find the need, find the why. But there's sometimes where that is a legitimate objection um, that they literally don't know what their budget is because they either haven't looked at it or it's, the house is brand new and they don't know what their um, electricity and everything like that's going to be. So that's that's a lot of ways you're still getting the client covered. Um, and most people can afford, you know, 20 to $30 a month for the couple. Um, and then do make sure that you actually follow up. That's the thing that's, gonna, that's the, the key is that don't, don't just leave them hanging out there. Follow up in three to six months and see where, see where they're at. 
and um, that way you can write some additional um, business and make sure that they're that they're protected as well. Um, <clears throat> the one uh, additional thing that I would say is make sure that you don't worry about your particular um, paycheck when you're in a home in a client's home. Um, there's a lot of times with this business that we have salesmen face <laughs> and the biggest issue with that is like if it looks like you have it written on your face that you need to make the sale the custom the clients are going to perceive that they're going to understand it so um just just be a little bit more aware of that and it'll be a little bit better off um and that being said it'll it'll make it a lot easier what brought that up for me is back in about 2000 and um I think it was 2015 or something like that um, was somewhat of a, uh, it was a decent year, but then we all have those peaks and valleys. And I went to a meeting, this refers back to, to yesterday when I was talking about making sure that you attend all meetings. Um, I went to a meeting where Andy, Andy Albright was there and he said, if you don't worry about your paycheck, and you make sure that you fulfill the needs of the clients, the money will come. As long as you follow the process, the money will come. And that still hits hard today when I'm, I feel like I'm having a rough time. So um, just, I didn't know if, that, if anybody was at that specific place, but if you are, I hope it helps you out uh, type thing. Um, one thing that Michelle always says as far as with the different, um, when you're in a home, you're trying to get three policies in the home, whether it's husband and wife, husband and wife, accidental, the kids, um, something like that. If you get three, if you get three policies, you'll have a client for life because it's not like they're going to cancel one and then not and then not the others. So it's it's a lot harder for them to to do that if you have those uh, the, at least those three placed in the home. Um, so now I'm going to talk about some tools that I use in the home. Obviously, everybody should be using their ATM. Um, it, it's obviously it's there to keep you on track and make sure that you don't forget anything um, and make sure that you, you know, you go over everything in detail with the client. So that's that's the first thing, obviously. Um, and we're going to be able to tell if you're not using all of the ATM. Um, based on if you if you're missing out on referrals or if you don't get a green sheet filled out those two additional things you always need to make sure that you have those as well because I can't count the number of times where the client I didn't have them fill out a green sheet and the client had um, you know moved or changed at phone numbers or something like that and like the policy was close to lapsing but because I didn't have the the um, ERS sheet filled out, um, I, I was not able to get re in contact with the client. So the, those policies fall off the books. If for some reason a husband and wife pass away together, this is another reason why it's important to make sure that you have the ERS sheet filled out. Um, you're going to need to know who their go-to is, or at least a few people um, who they would trust to. Um, to take care of the, the benefits and make sure that they get to the children or um, other family members as well. So 
definitely at least try to get five per person in the home if you can get that. Um, if, I mean, Michelle's really, I, I told you yesterday, I'm really not the one who's the best at referrals. Michelle is really, really good at it as far as getting um, as many people on the list as she can. She's, like I said, she had like 32 or something like that this last week. So she would definitely be the one to reach out to if you need additional help with that. Um, and then the green sheet, the green sheet is definitely important as well because you're, you've kind of already talked about it when you're on the your financial picture page and uncovering um, additional uh, monies and everything like that for people's old retirements or even if they're in retirement, you can help them out with those um, types of things as well. So we want to make sure that it's not volatile to, to market risk and a lot of people these days have lost a lot of money. Um, simply because of the of that fact. So we can help them out with that. Um, another tool that you use in the home a lot that I'm grateful for every day <laughs> is Slack. Um, when I first started six and a half years ago, we did not have Slack. It was literally reach out to Michelle, call the Alliance directly or call the insurance carrier. And if you were meeting with somebody after hours, after eight o'clock, it was, it was pretty hard unless you were reaching out to your upline. So Slack is a great tool to use in the home, um, everybody is willing to help and will pop on as soon as they see a message most of the time. Um, so that, that's another uh, vital tool to use. Um, so some of the stuff that I use that is a little bit more old school that people may not use these days is I still use the um, underneath the quoting tools, the underwriting grids. There's sometimes where there's going to be medical conditions that are um, maybe a combination or something like that that you haven't come across before. If for some reason you can't get somebody on Slack, this is another um, vital tool to, to get. And it's underneath coding tools. Um, like all of our calculators are there. You scroll down to the bottom and it's underneath the information section. I think it's the second or third um, bullet point down and it says underwriting grids. And then it'll show the one for final expense and it'll show the one for um, mortgage protection and the requirements that each of the carriers has uh, for, you know, specific medical condition like COPD, you can click on it and it'll show um, who will take it and who won't. So um, something else that I do as well is uh, that's old school is I keep paper copies um, in the back of my ATM. So there are going to be those times when you're out running business and you do not have any reception. Um, I keep like the Mutual of Omaha accidental, um, you know, grid in there, the AIG quoting um, where it gives you the actual prices for, for you know, 5000 to 25000 I have those in paper copy in, in the back of my ATM. Um, the other thing that I've gotten really good at, or my mom, has gotten really good at is anytime she receives something in the mail from one one of the competitors like Mutual Omaha's direct mailers, the guaranteed issue, AARP, AAA, Globe Life, True Stage, which is the one that most insurance companies or most people have through their bank, and Gerber Life. I have all of those um, rate sheets in the back of my ATM because there's going to be somebody in when you're in a home and you're trying to sell maybe a mutual of Omaha children's whole life policy and 
if you are trying to sell it on them and they say that they have Gerber Life, you can show them the price difference if you had the have the rate sheet. Um, like I said, it's useful. For all of these. The reason why I use all of these is because it's useful for people who don't actually read the fine print. They just wanted to make sure that their family was covered, so they got AARP or something like that. But they don't read that it's a five-year term policy that renews every every fifth anniversary, and then they, it expires when they turn 80. So um, that's the reason why I keep them in there, so that that you have visible proof that what they have is um, probably not what they thought they had. So um, one thing that I'm real thankful that Mike and Michelle put together is the Mutual of Omaha Children's Whole Life Pricing. I have that laminated. That's one that I don't keep in my ATM because people love, obviously love their children. They love their grandchildren. And especially grandparents, um, it's one of those things where if you're going in there and you protect them and you see that there's maybe eight photos of grandchildren on the wall, um, it, it's it's almost like it's an easier sale and you're going to have uh, end up having like you're you're trying to get three policies in a home. So if you can get, you know, their grandchildren covered as well, um, it's a real simple thing that I say. You take it out and while you're maybe filling out the application on them, what you do is you slide it across the table and you say, which one of your grandchildren would you like to cover today? Well, if they have like five or six, you might only be able to get, you might get all five or six, but you may only be able to get them covered for, for like 10,000. If it's like one, it might be that they cover them for 50. So it, it's a really good tool to use to make sure that everybody's covered because the fact is we never really know what, when we're gonna pass or if something happens to one of the children, maybe there's an accident or something like that. So that's what I, that's what specifically what I say, which one of your children would you like to cover today or grandchildren, whichever it may be. Um, okay, so for those of us who have a struggle, like I constantly have a struggle trying to get 20 appointments a week. I can generally get maybe 12, something like that, um, but I have, I'm going to talk about go-bys now. I generally have people who, um, like, we all have that back and forth where people can't or, or don't answer the phone for people that they don't know. <laughs> I mean, I do it too, and it's I'm not going to lie. Um, so how I do go-bys is I have a three strikes and you're out rule. What that means is if I've called you at three different times of day, never gotten you, you never picked up the phone or anything like that, I'm going to put you in my go-by pile. And a lot of people will do go-bys based on, okay, I'm in the geographical area. I do that as well. But if I know that the, I, there's a day that I'm short or maybe I've got a huge window, maybe three hours in between two morning appointments and, and two evening appointments or something like that, um, I'm going to specifically GPS my day <coughs> to include those in the three strikes you're out rule. So go to, you know, the night before or the morning of, depending on how much of an early riser you are. Um, I map quest the route. So you include the appointments in the morning, you include the appointments in the afternoon, 
and sometimes it works out geographically to to go by and um it, you know it makes sense the plan makes sense to go in order um and other times it doesn't it it is what it is um but i i'll map quest to figure out what the best routes are and you use the route planner i know that there's other people who use other apps um map quest is just what works for me um and you'll gps where the different places are and so you're there's no downtime in your day if you're going to be leaving the house you know good things happen when you leave the house but if you're going to be leaving the house there's there's no sense in going to your first two morning appointments go home and then try to you know fit something in in that three hours and then have to leave again for those of us that work in houston a lot that's just not possible because maybe you're on the north side and you're already an hour away from home or the office it just doesn't make sense so map questing it and being out all day makes a lot more sense um so when you actually get to the door um i use uh, the front of the ATM, like if it's raining or something like that, there's that plastic sheet. I'll put um, the different leads in order, um, and I'll use the front and, and slip them in there. And or, or you can use a clipboard um, for for the leads, whichever works easiest for you. Um, the other thing that I carry with me all the time is a laminated copy of my license, because there are some seniors, especially if you're doing final expense. Um, Especially if you're doing final expense like direct mails um, on go buys and stuff like that, um, there's a lot of fraud out of there. Seniors are more aware of it now, so they're trying to make sure that you're, you know, there for a legitimate reason. So I, I laminate a copy of my license, and they actually, you know, they they see it, and then they're like, okay, it's got the whichever seal, Texas Steel, Steel, or or whichever state your um, your resident resident license is in. Um, so I, I definitely use that regularly as well. Um, so when you get to actually get to the door, you're like, Mr. Smith, is this your signature? And then you try to, and they'll say yes or no. And you try to book the appointment. I always try to book the appointment like as if you could like, like right then and there. It doesn't always wor work like that. Um, sometimes it's like, I understand that I'm imposing on you. Or maybe, maybe the husband's there and the wife's not. So then you you try to book an appointment that's gonna work um that's gonna work for both of them um and it's it's just like you would on the phone but it's in person um and i'll do go buys that's one thing i forgot to mention i'll also do go buys on people who've told me no on the phone um because i'm not gonna let you just say no to me on the phone and hang up i will actually go back by your house and you'll have to say no to me you know in my face i'm not afraid to to have somebody tell me that because the main thing is they originally had filled out the lead for some reason that there was something that was on their heart when they when they filled it out so maybe they legitimately did get it taken care of but it might have been with something like AARP or Globe Life we, we don't know and if you if you go there and you make a friend you can at least adequately um, see how they're covered and make sure um that they're, that they're getting the best product that's available to them whether it be with us or not um okay let's see okay and if they're not home you obviously leave one of the yellow um delivery notice stickers something that's gotten a lot 
I've gotten a lot more responses from, you know, there, if you haven't seen one, it, it asks for name, um, delivery date, time, first, second, or third, or final notice, sorry, and then um, your information at the bottom, and then a um, an ID number. So uh, what I do is, I'll, you, you fill all of that out, but what I put for the ID number, everybody's got their different, you know, tricks to the trade, but what I do for the ID number is I'll put like, if it's a mortgage protection lead, I'll put MP for mortgage protection. If it's final expense, I'll put FE. Um, and then I'll use the last four digits of the lead number. And that way, if for some reason, maybe it's somebody who, who you can't understand on the phone very well, but you can understand the numbers they say, you can at least, you know, go back and look and find what you're looking for. Um, I'm doing okay. Um, so that's that's one of the things that I definitely um, would recommend doing is is using the the code, the last four digits on on the lead code. And then I always put please leave a message with name and good time to re-deliver. That's made it to where a lot more people call back, and um, and not not just and and you always mark mark final notice because. Technically, it is the final notice. The first notice was when they you sent the form to them and you received it back. The, and the second notice was when you tried to call them one to five times, depending on how many times you call them. And this would be the third notice, trying to get back in touch with them about, um, you know, delivering the information to them. So it's technically the third notice. Um, the the best suggestion it's just like when you when you're calling your leads to set appointments and stuff like that. Um, when they call back, don't answer immediately unless you've got that lead in front of you. And most of the time we don't. So always try to reach back out to them after you have got your basis so you can be organized and know, okay, this is such and such client. They're, you know, it's a final expense lead or whatever it may be. So make sure you have the lead in front of you. Um, okay, I need to wrap up, but I'll, I'll give you the leave behind tools that I use. Something that Michelle's kind of Michelle and Mike have put together. I don't know who did it, but um, it's it's something called an "I am your policy" page. Um, it's given a lot more. Um, I've just started using it probably about six months ago, but it says uh, it gives a little bit of information on the policy, gives the information that you, you know, who you signed them up with, the, the next steps in the process of what's going to happen. Maybe they need to do a phone interview. Um, at the bottom of the page, it'll have like your contact information and, and things like that. And then on the back of the page, it's got all the other different types of products that we do, like, you know, giving, final expense, mortgage protection. The first one on there is, um, you know, do you know anybody that's looking to make an extra six to $800 a week? And then it's got the link for, um, well, theirs has got their link for, um, you know, to set up an interview and then mine, same thing. Uh, it's mine versus theirs, you know, type of thing. And I've gotten a lot of responses back from people saying, oh, well, you know, my niece needs some insurance or, or something like that. So if you give them something tangible other than just like a buyer's guide, they're going to be able to to relate better to that. Or it'll be something that they can put on their files for later. So when you call them back, they'll, they'll have it. Um, I always leave at least two or three business cards. Some people believe in them. Some people don't. I do. Um, and then make sure you get your selfie. Michelle's and 
Megan and Jonathan and everybody's pretty much really good at, at getting selfies. Um, and then you can post them on band or Slack or, or whatever. Um, I get them as well, but I normally just take a picture of the client and then put them in my phone. Um, because let's face it, the more you're in this business, um, the more you're going to end up having uh, a number of people to contact. And if they call a customer calls you back and stuff like that, you're going to need to make sure that you um, have access to, to knowing who they are. <laughs> type of thing. So that's why I take pictures of, of my clients and put them in my phone. Um, I already talked about the green sheet and the ERS. Um, those aren't leave behinds for them. Those are make sure you take them with you. Um, and then the, the one thing I do ask on the ERS is who's the most likely to answer the phone and then put a little star by it. Um, and like I said, I add clients to um, my phone with the selfie you took. Um, I think we're about out of time, guys. I hope this has been helpful. Um, please let me know if you want any of the um, mailers that I've been collecting over the last few years. Um, send me a direct message on Slack with your email or something like that, or I can um, get them to you directly. Just give me a, give me a heads up. Um, I hope it's been helpful, and um, we'll talk with you guys soon. Love you all. Bye-bye.